Awesome, awesome. You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Thank you, worship team. Awesome. Well, it is such an honor to be here with you guys today. I just want to take one moment to honor uh, Pastor Pauline and her team. Can we give it up for these guys? Aren't they awesome? Pastor Pauline is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, isn't she amazing? Yeah, Pastor Loris agrees. She is just uh, such a mama in the faith, isn't she? And um, Pastor Pauline, I just, I'm so thankful for your faithfulness to God. And I just, as we were praying and we were just uh, worshiping um, in the worship time, I just felt like God spoke to me, gave me the picture of Anna in the Bible, who was just so dedicated to God and she was praying and she was fasting in the temple, you know, day and night. She was so faithful and God allowed her to see a mighty move of God, Jesus coming in the flesh. And she was able to prophesy that this is the coming Messiah. And I just felt like God was saying, he's got something so special for you uh, as a reward for your faithfulness, as a reward um, for your servant heart and everything that you've laid down and everything that you've sacrificed um, for him. And I just felt like God was saying, this is going to be a house of healing and people are going to come from all over to receive healing in this place. And it's just going to break out and it's going to be like, you guys are going to be like, I don't even know how this has happened. But all of a sudden we're seeing all of these miracles. And I just felt like it's an answer um, to, it's God responding to your faithfulness and rewarding you guys. And we're just so thankful, all of us who I've seen my friends from Sejuna and friends from Wyala and all over, we're so thankful that you guys are um, making room for the Holy Spirit, making room for God in this place today. So can we give it up for Pastor Pauline and her team? as well. So awesome. All right, so what time do I need to get off the stage? <laughs> Three? Yep, okay, awesome. I can't see what the time is on the back anyway, so someone just yell at me when it's, just get the hook and just pull me off the stage when it's three o'clock. Um, but it's such an honor to be with you guys today. As Pastor Pauline said, my name's Layla. Um, I actually lived in South Australia for 14 years. I did. I absolutely did. So um, when I was a teenager, uh, I went to a conference and Pastor David Hall was speaking. If anyone knows who Pastor Dave Hall is, a few of you guys do. And uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as a teenager and said, go and serve under his ministry. And so I finished year 12 in Geelong in Victoria and moved over to Adelaide and started serving at his church and um, ended up just being in all sorts of roles on team there, youth pastor, young adults pastor, kids pastor. We launched a Bible college. And then towards the end of last year, God just started to stir my heart to go into full-time itinerant ministry and to move over to America. God started opening um, doors in America. And so right now I'm in a bit of a transition season. I'm living in Geelong with my family because um, my dad is Persian and he's like, there's no way you're moving to America after being away from us for 14 years. And so I just need to be home with them for a little while and then I'm moving um, overseas next year. That's the plan. So yeah, I'm hanging out with my little nephew who's just gone two years old who calls me Wawa and just playing trains and everything with him, which is so great and such a blessing. Um, but also such a blessing to just be ministering around Australia and seeing what God is doing. 
God is really doing something so powerful around Australia right now. There is just an open heaven over our nation. Revival is breaking out in such a powerful, powerful way. And as I was on my way here, I believe that God was speaking to me about what he wants to do and the wells of revival that he wants to open up here over this region. And you know what? I I believe that God can start revival anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the big cities. I don't know if you've ever been to Redding, California, where Bethel is, um, but they have like like one McDonald's or something like that. They don't have a lot of stuff. It's just a, a small town, but people have gone from all over the world to be part of what God's doing there just because the glory of God has been poured out in that place in such a powerful way. And I believe that God wants to do the same thing here. And so I, I just want to be part of what God is doing here this weekend and see God move in a powerful way um, as well. So I just felt for the three sessions that we've got today that God just wants us to encounter Him. And in the three sessions, I felt like God wants to reveal each person of the Trinity to us in a powerful way. And so in this first session, I felt like God wants to reveal himself as father to us and uh, just really wants us to encounter him as our father. Um, How many know that the theme of the retreat is made in the image of God? And so in each session, we're going to be beholding the image of God, beholding the persons of the Trinity and finding ourselves in his image. So the first session, we're going to be looking at God as father and just encountering God as father. The second session, we are going to look at um, Jesus, God the Son. We're going to encounter Jesus, um, specifically talking about freedom from shame. Jesus brings us freedom from shame. We're going to be taking communion in the second session as well. And then in the final session tonight, we're going to be looking at, we're, we're going to be encountering the Holy Spirit and sort of just sending us out into the world to just mess the place up and see God move in a powerful way. Um, so yeah, I just really felt over these three sessions that that's what God wants to do. He wants us to encounter him and him alone and have a fresh revelation of who he is. And so in this session, we want to encounter the father and really encounter our identity in him. And the best way that I have, um, been able to put together a sort of framework for us to be able to understand our identity in Christ is through this picture of us being citizens of heaven, citizens of heaven. So if you can turn in the Bible with me to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, I'm just going to quickly have a sneaky drink. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says this, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 to 16 also says this, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So we see in this passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 that the writer to the Hebrews is 
uh, walking down this hall of fame of faith in the Bible. So Hebrews chapter 11 is this famous big picture hall of fame of faith sort of chapter where it's like the writer of the letter to the Hebrews is sort of pointing out these different people and he's saying, hey, there's Abraham and this is the great thing that he did for God and there's Gideon and there's Noah and he's sort of showing all of these people who did great things for God. He's sort of pointing out all of these people who lived by great faith and as he's walking down that hall of fame of faith, he stops for a moment and he pauses And in this passage of scripture, he says one thing that every single one of these people had in common was they knew their identity as a citizen of heaven. They knew that they were in this world, but they were not of this world. They knew who they were. And as he's writing to the Hebrews, the Hebrews were going through intense persecution. They were going through a time where they were sort of um, just tempted to go back to what they knew. They were tempted to sort of run away from God, run away from Christianity and just go back to the comfortable lives that they were living because life had become too intense and too difficult for for them. But the writer of the book to the Hebrews is trying to say, hey, I want you to know who you are, where you've come from and where you're going. And you know what? I believe the same thing that in our time and in our season of the church, the enemy is coming and he's trying to bring division in the church corporately and he's trying to bring confusion in the believer individually. But God is coming to us in this session today. I believe the Father is coming and he's saying, no, I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be divided. I want you to be united. I want you to be have a clear mind and a clear vision of who you are where you've come from and where you are going. We are citizens of heaven. So what does it look like to be a citizen of heaven? Well, um, generally when I meet people uh, for the first time, um, my name's Layla Nahavandi, so you can tell already this, she's not from here, right? There's something different about her. Um, usually when I meet people for the first time, because my name's Layla, if I meet anyone over the age of about 45, they'll start singing to me, right? They start singing the Eric Clapton song. If anyone knows that song, Layla, so they'll sing that song. And then they'll sort of look at my features and my name and, you know, my real Aussie bogan accent, you know, from Victoria, and they'll be like, so, like, where are you from? (laughs) Like, what's going on here? And I'll usually sort of, that'll be a difficult difficult question for me to answer because I'm like, well, you know, um, I am from Geelong. And they're like, Geelong, that's weird. You know, I, I lived in Adelaide. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I was born in England. And they're like, England? Uh, I spent my childhood in New Zealand. And they're still like, not computing. My mum's Irish. And I'm like, oh, um, my dad's Persian. And they're like, okay, Persian. I saw this lady's just nodding her head as well. I was like, okay, that's where you're from. And uh, so usually they're saying, hey, there's something about you, like your features, the way that you look, the way that you talk, the way that you carry yourself. It's not typical of this place. It doesn't remind me of this place where we're in. And the name that you carry, it's different. The accent that you have, it's different. Therefore, I can tell that you must be from somewhere else. And you know what, ladies? I believe as citizens of heaven... Everywhere we go and in everything that we do, there should be something that marks us, something that's different about us, something that makes people stand up and say, hey, there's something about you, the name that you carry, the peace that you have, the love that you show, the way 
that you conduct yourself, the name that you carry, it's just different. It's not typical of this place. Therefore, you must be from somewhere else. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, if I find in myself desires that nothing in this world can satisfy, I can only conclude that I was not made for this world. We were made for heaven. And God wants to bring heaven on earth through his heavenly citizens. So what does a citizen of heaven look like? Well, I want to share like maybe a few points today about what it looks like to be a citizen of heaven and what we have as citizens of heaven. I just want to teach into this identity um, that we have as citizens of heaven. And hopefully as we do that, as we unpack what it means to be a citizen of heaven, we can grab hold of these truths in our own life. Maybe there are things in our own life that don't line up with our heavenly identity that we can come into agreement with today. So the first thing we have as citizens of heaven is that we all come from a royal family. We come from a royal bloodline. I am from a royal bloodline. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with Pastor Pauline. Don't mess with Heather. We are from a royal bloodline. We are from a royal bloodline and we come from a royal family as citizens of heaven. I don't know if you uh, follow the royal family. Um, I love the Queen. I was sad when she passed away. Um, But if you follow the royal family, you would probably know that little Prince George over in England was born into the royal family in 2013. And experts tell us that if he simply outlives his father, his grandfather, his great-grandmother, then he will be king one day. So little Prince George is definitely going to be king one day, according to just biology and logic and time, I guess. Um, So he's going to be the king one day. And as far as I know, little Prince George has never done anything to earn or deserve that title as king, right? He has never led his nation into battle. He's never given any, you know, um, intelligent wisdom to the prime minister of England. He's never done anything that he would need to do to become king. All that he's ever done is simply been born into a royal family. And you know what? I think as ladies, so often we can feel like we're not good enough, like we don't deserve things, like um, maybe I've got to be better, do better, do something to deserve the inheritance that God has for us. But God says, no, you've been born into a royal family. You are part of my royal family and therefore you have a royal inheritance, right? And so we can take claim on that royal family, on that royal inheritance that God has given us today. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I love this passage of scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 as well. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. We've been born into this spiritual family and God is our father. 
You know, as I was saying before, in, at Numa, we've seen revival just break out and we've seen crazy things happening, just stuff that I've only read about in revival history of just hundreds of people just so deeply aware of their sin and repenting before God and just on their face before God at the altar. Hundreds of people. We've seen demons being cast out of people. We've seen pastors get up on stage and confessing their sin, confessing, you know, uh, things that just don't line up. And um, our past senior pastor, Pastor Corey Turner, um, on a Sunday that just sort of kicked off the whole revival for us. We call it Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> because uh, it was the 11 a.m. service that went on for 12 hours. It just like, and we're at a ma- huge church in Melbourne. Like it, that doesn't happen. Like services in Melbourne are like an hour and 15 max, right? So for it to go for 12 hours, like, you know, God was messing the place up, right? Um, and Pastor Corey, the thing that really kicked it all off Pastor Corey just went out to the bathroom in in one of the meetings and he says he was coming back into the meeting and he just looked up to God and he said, God, would you come and father me? God, would you father me? And it was just such a humble prayer that he said, God, I, I need to know you more deeply as father. I need you to come and to father me. And God was like, are you serious about that? And he said, yes. And as he walked back into the room, he had what he says is the most powerful encounter with God he has ever had in his life he was just on the floor for three hours and just God was just downloading stuff to him he was just so moved by God because he encountered God as father like he'd never encountered before and sometimes I think we can sort of take God the father like sort of for granted we're like yep God's my father great move on what's the next thing but as we really deeply encounter him as our dad, as our father who's there for us, who's there to show us love and affection and kindness and provide for us and help us in every single way that a perfect father would, it will totally transform our hearts and lives and the way that we live our lives. So we come from a royal family. God is our father. The second thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we have new ways of living, new ways of living. So if you go to different parts of the world, um, they have different ways of living in different parts of the world. I was just in America for a number of months and I was driving on the other side of the road, which is very scary if anyone's ever had to do that before. You're driving on the wrong side of the road. You know, they have different ways, different customs, different languages in different countries. Um, Some countries apparently um, during lunchtime they go home and they have a nice meal and then they have a little bit of a sleep. I want to be part of one of those countries, amen. Like, God, send me wherever you want me to go to one of those sleeping countries, after afternoon nap countries. I want to leave in one of those places. But they have different ways, different customs. And, <laughs> and in the same way, we have different ways and different customs as citizens of heaven. Um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 um, to 5, and my speech and my preaching were not with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. These are the ways that we have been called to live in. Do you know what? Uh, as I got up 
here in this afternoon. I hadn't planned to pray for the sick in this session. It really messed up my whole plan of what I was going to do, right? But how many know that we have to go with God's ways above our ways? God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Then God gave me a word of knowledge. That's a demonstration of the spirit of power of Monique having this problem in her calf. And we know that God wants to heal that, that God wants to move in a powerful way. And you know what? In the same way, that's not just for a preacher standing up on a stage preaching at a women's conference. That's for us in our everyday lives. How many know that we can get words of knowledge for people as we're at the grocery store, as we're at church on Sunday, we can move in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit everywhere that we go because God has given us new ways. The third thing that God's given us as citizens of heaven is a new name, a different name. You know, as citizens of different countries, we have names that are typical of that place. So someone named um, Takashi Murakami Probably, probably does not come from the same place as Patrick O'Toole, right? <laughs> probably come from different parts of the world. We have different names based on the countries that we come from. And in the same way as citizens of heaven, we have been given the name of Jesus that identifies us, that unites us, that gives us access to the things of God. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 to 18, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. John chapter 14 and verse 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We carry the most powerful name. I love that we were singing about the name of Jesus, the name above cancer. We prayed for people with cancer in this room today. The name above sickness and disease, the name above lack, the name above struggle, the name above our problems. This is the name above every other name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And we carry that name. We bear his name. The fourth thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we've been given a new language and our lives speak with a distinctive accent. I love speaking in tongues. Um, As Pastor Pauline said, I'm studying, I'm doing my PhD right now. I wrote my entire master's thesis on speaking in tongues, right? That's a Pentecostal if if ever you saw one, right? Obsessed with speaking in tongues. How crazy can you be? But I love what speaking in tongues can do for our spiritual life. I love how it can build us up on the inside. I love how it can help us just access the presence of God, the anointing of God anywhere that we are. We can just step into the spiritual dimension by praying in tongues. And so speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, it says a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So we have been given this new language, this spiritual language, this heavenly language that is there to empower us, to build us up, to strengthen us personally. 
If you feel overwhelmed by the circumstances of daily life right now, I encourage us just to start speaking in tongues, to pray in tongues, to get into the presence of God, and he will build us up from the inside out. This is a promise that we have from the word of God about speaking in tongues. We've also been given a distinctive accent. Um, I mentioned before that my mum is Irish, and so my mum has a very thick Irish accent, very, very thick. Any Irish people in the room today? No. Oh, one. Yeah, awesome. Um, Fiddle-dee-dee potatoes, you know. Um, so my mum would come over. Uh, my mum would be at my house, and she would um, she would just meet my friends and different things like that. And so these, these friends would come over, and my friends would, like, look at me, and they'd be like, Layla, how do you understand a word your mum's saying? <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? They're like, her accent, it's so thick. I didn't realise that my mum had such a thick accent. She just sounded like my mum. But whenever anyone who wasn't used to the sound of her voice, who wasn't used to our environment, came into my house, they could hear an accent that I couldn't hear. They could hear this distinctive sound that was coming from my mum that wasn't typical of the world around us. Do you know what? In the same way as citizens of heaven, our lives carry a distinctive sound. They carry a distinctive accent everywhere that we go. It might be normal to us as Christians. We're like, yeah, God bless you, sister. You know, we're just like living our lives and it's all good and it's all great. But as we go out into our world, as we go out into our unsaved family, as we go out and we're carrying the presence of God and we're carrying the sound of heaven, that sound is a sound that will open people's ears to the gospel and open people's ears to the sound of heaven, to God. Why? Because our lives are carrying this distinctive sound. When you speak, when you talk, when you proclaim victory, when you show the love of God to people, everywhere that we go, we are carrying this accent of heaven. The final thing that I want to share, maybe if Kimberly can come and the worship team, that would be awesome, is that as citizens of heaven... We have been given rights and benefits from God. You know, there are benefits that come with being citizens of certain countries. Certain countries have more benefits and rights and privileges than others. Um, Living in America, they have a certain number of rights and privileges and liberties. And they have something called the Bill of Rights that was actually introduced into the first United States Congress in the 1780s. And so this Bill of Rights came into effect in 1791. And it seems like since that day, citizens of America have always known their rights, right? If you meet an American, if you go to America, if you watch American TV shows, it's like Americans know their rights. If anyone tries to infringe upon an American's right, they're like, excuse me, you cannot take that right away from me, right? I have freedom of assembly and I can, uh, I have the right to assemble with my friends right here. And so you better not take that right away from me. You better go away right now, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Goodbye, bye-bye, you know? They're like, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot mess with an American. You can't infringe upon their rights. No one's taken their rights away from them. Like, Americans were looking at us in Australia when all of our rights were being taken away from COVID and they're like, what is wrong with you Australians? They're like, Americans would not take it, right? And so it seems like they've always known how to sort of stand up for their rights and they've known their privileges and their liberties as citizens of heaven. But as citizens of America, not heaven, but as citizens of heaven, 
Sometimes the enemy will come to try and infringe upon our rights. Sometimes the enemy will come to try and take away those privileges and those liberties that God has given us. Access to through the cross of Jesus Christ. It's not by our works. It's not by our, our own merit. It's not because of our good works, but it's because of who we are in Christ. And it's because we've gained access through being citizens of heaven that we have access to these rights and these privileges and these liberties in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, that the thief, the enemy, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God has said that I have come to give you life and life to the full. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so I was thinking as I was just thinking about this passage and being a citizen of heaven, it's like, well, what would it be like if citizens of heaven had a bill of rights that we could quote? What if we were like the Americans and every time the enemy tried to come and tried to infringe upon our rights, take away our joy, take away our freedom, take away our future, tried to lie to us and tried to keep us trapped and captive in his lies. What would it be like if we had a bill of rights that we could quote? What would it sound like? And so I put something together. I think it would sound maybe a little bit like this if we had a bill of rights as citizens of heaven. I am God's possession, his child, his workmanship, his friend, his temple, co-laborer, witness, soldier, ambassador, and building. I am able to do all things because He strengthens me. I am His minister and His instrument. I am His chosen, His beloved, His beloved, His jewel, His heritage. In Christ, I have been redeemed by blood, set free from sin, set free from Satan, set free from the kingdom of darkness. I have been chosen before the foundation of the world. I have been predestined to be like Jesus. I have been forgiven of all of my trespasses. I have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been given a sound mind. I have been given the Holy Spirit. I have been accepted into God's family. I have been justified freely by His grace. I've been given all things pertaining to life. I have been given great and precious promises in Christ. I have authority over the enemy. I have wisdom. I am complete in Christ, totally in Him. I am free forever from sin's power. I am sanctified. I am fit for the Master's use. I am loved eternally. I am kept in the palm of His hand. I am kept from falling. I am kept by His very power. I am not condemned. I am one with the Lord. I am on my way to heaven. I am seated in heavenly places. I am the head and not the tail. I am the light in the darkness. I am a city on a hill. I am the salt of the earth. I am a sheep in His pasture. I am hidden in Christ and God protects me from the evil one. I am secure in Christ. I am set on a rock. I am filled with His power. I am a victor. I am healed by His stripes, covered by His blood, sheltered by His wings. I have access to the Father. I have all things in Christ, a living hope, an anchor for my soul. I have the tongue of the learned, the mind of Christ, boldness and access, peace with God. I can do all things in Him. I can find mercy. I can come boldly before the throne of my Father. I can declare liberty to the captives. I can pray always. I can defeat and overcome the enemy. The only thing that I cannot do in Christ 
Christ are to be separated from God, to perish or be lost, to be moved, to be taken out of my Father's hand, to be charged or accused or be condemned. I am a citizen of heaven and this is my bill of rights. Can we just stand to our feet right now, ladies, and just close our eyes for one moment? As citizens of heaven, We can only know our identity in Christ through the Father revealing our identity to us. The Father speaking His words of truth over who we are, who He's designed us to be and how He's made us. And so in this ministry time today, I just really felt to lead us into an encounter with the Father in this time. Just like my pastor, Corey Turner, just reached out to God and said, God, would you come and father me? I believe that as we lift up our hands to God and say, God, come and father me. God, I wanna know you more deeply as my father. I believe today that we're gonna encounter him as our father in a deeper way than we've ever encountered him as father before. You know, I was reading just recently about all the sorts of wounds that we could have from having distorted relationships or corrupted relationships with our Father. And it turns out, I'm not a psychologist or anything, I don't claim to be, but it turns out that a lot of the issues that we face in our daily lives and a lot of the dysfunctional behaviours that we have or the patterns that we learn often come from the relationship that we have with our Father, a dysfunctional relationship with our Father, Father wounds in our hearts. You know what? Our Father in heaven wants to come and heal every wound that might be in our heart. Even if we've had great fathers on earth, God wants to come and show us that He is the perfect Father. There is no Father like Him and that He wants to meet every need that is in our heart and in our life today. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and to reveal the Father to us right now. Come and reveal our Father in heaven. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one who confirms that we are children of God in our spirit. God, you speak to us and God, you allow us to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. God, that we would know that you are our Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Guys, can you just lead us in a song and then we're gonna pray. Thank you, Holy 